I just tweeted this, Borny. Good to see you, by the way. It's been a minute since you and I did one of these. Um, Leafs talk, J.D. Bunkers, Justin Bourne. I don't think there's things in sports I hate more than watching the Leafs lose to the Habs. Like, it's a very small list of things that just, like, that second period tonight, I'm watching football. My bets are crumbling. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I, I did just hit a huge Boston Scott touchdown prop. But outside of that, nightmare night. I don't really feel like watching the Leafs play some lethargic, terrible hockey team on a Saturday. And I go, all right, at least they start just kicking the ass of Montreal. Rightfully so. You know, Giordano scores and it's Owen sound night. It feels good. Our boy Sam's there getting loaded. And then that second <laughs> period happened. And, and I took it as a bit of a personal affront. I was not happy. They're like, we do not want you to have this good a Saturday night. I mean, I feel like, so I just consulted Sportsnet stats and Montreal is actually 6,000 and 0 against the Leafs uh, over yeah, the true. past. I, I, I just I'd like, like to see I feel one like win in my life every night. Yeah, just one time. Just beat them one time. It's unbelievable. Cool. And, and the worst part about watching the Leafs play the Habs is there's always something missing from their game that is present the rest of the year. An energy level, a. You know, you saw in the third when they're it's 2-2 two, two, and okay, they're mm-hmm. going to go be the Leafs and they control play for 15 straight minutes and stuff it down their throat. But they refuse to do that prior to having to do it. Yeah. I, I just, anyway, I do you, do you buy into the idea too? Like, is this me just being, is this just me being uh, a sensitive guy or an idiot when I think that the Leafs who lost in such an embarrassing fashion, like to me, one of the lowest moments of an original six franchise to Montreal, that they shouldn't be a little bit more hard against a Canadians team that embarrassed them. Like, I know that there's been You're talking about the playoff series players. loss. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I know yeah. that those Habs players aren't the same. Like, it wasn't Marty St. Louis behind the bench. Like, I don't even right. know what Montreal Canadians are there still. Like, I guess Caulfield and Anderson. Like, it's a very small select group of guys. Yeah, who are so actually still from that team. Yeah. But like you see those sweaters, you know, those fans care. They embarrassed you in a way that like you have never felt as players just yeah. kick their ass like that. Sh- I, they've been good this year. So I'm hard. It's hard to just rip on the Leafs because they've been good most nights. But yeah, it just it's something about it bothers me that you don't show up against the, a rival on a Saturday night for three periods, a, a team that embarrassed you in the past. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's a fair assessment or a fair take or just a fan. I know it's, it's like an emotional reaction, but it does feel like they, you know, like if there's a gallon of milk on the counter, you'll, you'll only lift as hard as you need to, to lift the milk. And the Leafs always want to lift that exact amount. They never want to use any yeah. extra energy. So I still feel like even though they were embarrassed by Montreal, once upon a time, there's this like, it's Montreal. They're in 31st place. Yeah. We don't have to lift a full gallon of milk. We'll just give it a little effort. It should do it. And if it doesn't, well, we'll try harder, and then we should be able to lift it later. Like, mm-hmm. they just expect they're going to win these games, I think. I mean, yeah. I know that's a lot of, like, psychoanalyzing based on body language, but, you know, we, we've seen what this team can do over the course of the hockey season. It didn't look a whole lot like that. And, and by the way, was there an element of you that wanted any more physicality on some of the goalie stuff, or were you fine with how well, that played out? I, it just, anyway, I, 
I hated tonight. And I'm really having a hard time with this because I like I they, like that you hated tonight. That makes well, me like happy. they played really well in the first period and they came out yeah. exactly like I expected For them sure. to, where they just dominated them and it was right like oh. too, they played like forty good minutes tonight. Yes. And then the third, they were solid again too. I, I did think though, like the third period is one of those if you looked at just like the analytics chart, it would tell you that the Leafs are really good. But yep. watching it, it it did not feel that way. Like, and I know Montreal closes it with a power play or whatever, but yeah, I just they didn't feel like overly threatening for a lot of the times. Yeah, the even strength, um, like time of possession. Yeah, was heavy. The Leafs twenty one minutes to sixteen. They had a uh, possession for six minutes to three for Montreal. Like, yeah, they controlled the game by the numbers heavily. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I yeah. know that if you look at the charts. It's going to tell you that the Leafs are really good tonight and that it was fine and all the measurements were good. And I just, this is where I just, I disagree. I disagree. I don't feel like that they were hard on pucks tonight. I don't feel like they gave a ton of energy. I think that they out-talented a team with like six guys who I was like, I've never heard of that guy before. (laughs) I've never. Oh, I know. Oh, I was actually watching the game and that guy scored Harvey, whatever it was. And I was like, I got to learn who this guy is. No, you don't. (laughs) No, <laughs> <laughs> not tonight. Anyway, I didn't. Oh, some house fan in the YouTube is going to leave a vicious comment for that joke. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I didn't feel like it was an overly intense game from them. And I like, let me just ask you this. Like what stars do you think tonight for Toronto played like really well? I mean, the, you got 20 minutes of Nylander in the third yeah. period. Yeah. Uh, is Bobby McMahon a star? <laughs> no, but I actually, but it was funny because I, I think you and I both liked him tonight too. And I, and I know that, uh, I know that doing Leafs talk, I just want to preface this quickly to the fans of the show, to listeners of the show. Listen, we, we do, I think we've done actually a really good job of trying to highlight when the Leafs top guys have been really good. Yeah. I think we've had a lot of bunting conversations. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we've had a lot of bunting conversations. We've had a lot of defense conversations, you know, like a lot of goaltender conversations, like what Leafs talk for basically a month was just discussing how good Mitch Marner is. Right. Like, uh, the last game was a lot of Matthews praise. I, I think that people probably wonder why sometimes we spend so much time on the bottom six. But yeah, it's just a new thing. And I, I will say that McMahon, to me anyway, well, let me just ask you, what, what do you think of him first? What do you think? Of so him? he's one of those guys that I don't think I can explain why I like him as much as I do. But mm-hmm. I really, really like him. So do like, I. I just feel like he is stronger. So Colin Greening played for the Marlies when I was there and he was like, Hercules, like his body is just like cut out of granite. Strongest guy could pull off, you know, like a team of ox behind him type of guy. And everything that I hear, everything I hear from people at the Marlies is that's Bobby McMahon, like greening level, fitness, strength, all that very fast, very hard shot. So raw toolsy like Engvall, but more mental awareness of like how to use it. You know, there's still flaws. Obviously, I don't think he he's, he's going to score like Engvall is supposed to. Um, you know, he's not a natural defensive guy. He's not afraid guy. to shoot. He's not no, afraid to shoot it, not like, afraid which to I shoot like. Like, I, I like that because you keep doing that. And like, I, like, sorry to interrupt, but I just feel no. like a guy like that. The reason why I like him is the aggression and the fact that like he's around the play a lot. When I think about the Leafs in the playoffs and always just needing that like bottom six dirty goal. Even though he's not producing right now, I just kind of feel like he's a guy How who gets not. One. He's had nine pucks in the crease in four yeah, games or whatever. That's, that's what I mean. And I'm just like, this guy might get a dirty playoff goal that they need. Yeah. You know what I really liked, JD, was in his very first game, um, there was a couple instances where he was behind a defenseman and he could have 
waited behind the D-man to throw a, gra- a glass rattler on the forecheck, and he just kept skating and passed the guy and was mm-hmm. the first guy on the puck and took the hit. So he took the hit, protected the puck in his skates, and then the Leafs were on offense. As a first-time call-up guy who's a physical guy, that's a great chance to go make it look like you made an impact with a hit. But he mm-hmm. went and got the puck and took the hit. And I like that he seems to have the offensive game in mind. He's scoring some goals at the Marlies. I think he had 24 goals there last year. Like, he's not a guy who can't do that. So I also like that he's cheap. You put him on the fourth line, tell him to get it in deep and do the right things, and they don't have a ton of those guys. So I I think I told this to Sam. I may have already said this on Leafs Talk. But when Joe Wall got hot, I started asking Marlies people, like, hey, what's up with the Joe Wall thing? And pretty universally, I got back like, it's really hard to tell with goalies and who knows, and he's playing pretty good. And don't forget Keith Petruzzelli like ripped it up too for a while and whatever. But people unsolicited were like, you know, who's like, might be a player though is man. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then like pretty shortly after he gets the call up. Yeah. And then I'm kind of going, all right, Marley's people like, Who else Let's he got? See. <laughs> because I, I've been like, you know me. I'm not watching. I've I've got too much on my plate. I'm not watching Marley's games. But uh, listen, and, and, I'm not either. Yeah. And, and and I feel kind of dismissive sometimes of not watching it, but also even of like how quick I am to write certain guys off. Like, I'm sorry, but I did see enough of Alex Steves' whole career with the Leafs last year that I'm like, I'll never be excited about that. Like I, I just know. won't. Who's and, the other guy too? There's another guy that had uh, anyway. But, they, but they, they were a couple guys. In, like, yeah. And like, it's just, I I don't know if it's because there are so many Leafs who like do kind of similar things. Like they've gotten similar types of players, and even some of the guys that they've tried to get that are a little bit tougher are, yeah. It's just he seems to have like the skating, the size. He yeah. doesn't mess around. Like there's nothing cute about his game. There's no cuteness at all. It's and he's just, not going to fight. You're right. He's, yeah. Yeah. Straight lines to the net, goes north, not afraid of contact, and and very aggressive, like overly aggressive shooting the puck. Like, do you know who you are? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, nah. Don't look for I'm someone like, else. Cool. Like, I like it. And and he's just in dirty areas. He's around the play a lot. He's he's around the net. I just I enjoy watching him play. And I like I I thought Dryden Hunt stood out originally for some of the same reasons, but he's not around the play offensively as Hunt much as he's like he's an energy personality guy yeah. to me. He plays with like a vibrancy and like goes after guys and yaps a bit and like he'll get himself in some trouble out there you know in a good way. Yep. So I think it depends what you're looking to have brought to a game or a playoff series. Like if these guys are your twelfth and thirteenth forwards, you know, I think you can say, Hey, you know, we're down to nothing and it's been sleepy. Let's put Hunt on the fourth line, see if he could be an electric shock. And otherwise, you know, I, I prefer the way that McMahon plays, and we're probably over-discussing Probably, this guy, but whatever. But, it's a loss to Montreal on a Saturday night where, yeah. like, they they basically just took a period off. It cost them, it bit them in the ass, and they lose in, uh, they lose in overtime, which they do, like, all except for one time where, uh, Rem yeah. Rem Pitlick they, scores for Montreal. Yeah. Imagine if your team was so bad you had Rem Pitlick on the ice in overtime. Dude. Like again, this that was one of the frustrating points about Montreal. It's it's not like they're like this young, hungry team that's about to be like breaking into the next level. They were just, but they were. I liked the effort from a talent, like a talentless team, really in Montreal. Like, look how Montembeau battled tonight. 
in net. And I'm like, look at this guy. He's just out here grinding away. He made that idiotic play behind the net. Where That's he went so out condescending. Like, out there. He's just doing his best. He was. Well, actually, he's been kind of decent this year. Like, you look at his numbers on that team. He's, like, pretty decent. Like, he's pretty sneaky okay. Actually, Mike Kelly said that he's one of the league leaders in stolen games for a yeah. team. Well, yeah. Dude, he's on that Montreal Canadiens team, and he's got, like, a save of around 9-10. You don't do that unless you're having a good season. (laughs) So respect to him. But he battled tonight. I like to compete from a lot of the Habs players. Again, it just didn't feel like guys. They were all over Samsonov. Yeah. Uh, Oh, dude. But again, that second period, Samsonov made some killer grade A saves. Here's a couple things I love from Samsonov tonight. Maybe this is the way that we pivot into the conversation about him. Um, When he gets the strap knocked off his helmet and then he bucks it off and is mad. Like the, the level of hot he got at the official I loved because I'm not around the room but and I know he's obviously competitive guy he's made the NHL but there's been some things about you know whether or not he can lose confidence pretty easily and called him Russian Jack Campbell yeah exactly which I think is very unfair but um he also whenever he's talking to the media it's always like a cutesy clip right or a down and out clip yeah and seeing him be like you know, giving it to an official and being red hot and getting to see like the competitor, no mask. I went, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) you're, you're in the zone right now and you want the respect from the official. You don't want to be missing stuff. You're just dialed in. And like that moment where I thought he was hurt a little bit before then I really got like nervous and kind of panicky because he's been playing so damn good recently. This is his net. And you know, it was an observation by you probably about a month ago when these guys were playing poorly and Keith wasn't pulling anybody. And you were talking about how they're way too rigid with the plan in terms of how to deploy these guys. I, I am very curious how like the next little phase is going to play out in terms of trying to be fair to Matt Murray. He's a guy that's got a history with literally everybody that is like in the organization, essentially like, cause they're all from the Sioux. Yes, so he is their collective son. Exactly. Like they all have an emotional investment in him. He's the guy that's under contract for another year. Samsonov isn't anyway. Like, I think that this battle is going to go down to the stretch. I talked about it with Sam multiple times that I like, I don't think that Samsonov is going to lock this thing up to the point where he's playing, you know, 70% of the games anyway. But yeah, I just, the hotter he gets and the better he plays and the more command he feels like he has the, the athleticism difference between him and Murray at this point is like becoming like painfully obvious in terms of the caliber of save he can make versus Murray. I, I just, I am curious that like how this plays out and, and whether or not like their fun relationship that they've had because of such defined lines, which has yeah. been reported over and over shifts a little bit as one guy starts to get a little bit more for maybe the, you know, first time since they've both been healthy. Well, and what's interesting is like it hasn't been that one guy has been awesome and the other has stunk. Like they kind of went back and forth and were yep. both good for a while or both bad for a while. And Samsonov, you know, had a couple of good games, really a half a game and a, and another good game. And Keith was like, that's enough for me. Put him back in. Like they seem to be looking for one of these guys to, to step up and be the guy. So mm-hmm. it, it is interesting that they seem to be leaning towards giving him that opportunity pressure on Matt Murray now to come in, play a couple of games, you know, and, and make it clear that it's not decided who it's going to be yet. That's the fight down the stretch is which of these guys goes on a run. Really? See, this is what I thought was interesting though. I would have guessed Murray got the net tonight. That was the case. Me I made too. was put him back in like the, the way that they've been scheduling these guys, Murray was supposed to get the net tonight and they didn't give it to him. They gave it to Samsonov and guess what? Samsonov played incredibly well. 
I'm guessing that they would make the case, hey, um, you played, you actually played a lot harder than we expected you to tonight. That second yeah. period was pretty taxing. You had a moment where we thought you were hurt for a second. So it's easy to get Matt Murray into the net on Monday. But there is also just the counter argument of like, look how good this guy's going. Maybe, you know, do you get yeah. a day off, get a night off? Do you really not want him playing from Saturday until Wednesday? I like, th there's just a bit of a sneaky kind of case to keep rolling them. I think that they'll probably go to Murray and just, this is less of a deal than I'm making it out to be, For but sure. yeah, I don't know. I just enjoy watching Samsonov play and I just like seeing a guy dialed in and he's so, so clearly dialed in right now. Yeah. And I was also uh, thinking that part of you probably loves that goaltender reaction, knowing the passion of the great leaf goalies here, whether it's Curtis mm. Joseph or Potvin or who had the energy those guys had. And then uh, Freddie Anderson was, you know, his whole thing was being cool, calm, no reaction. Jack Campbell, nice guy. Peter Mrazek, <laughs> couldn't even believe he was still in the league. I've like, blacked out every Peter Mrazek memory that I have. I've do just you remember gone him in press chisel. conferences. He'd give up six, and he'd be like, ah, <laughs> "No, all gone. They're all gone." And I'll, except for one thing, which was Sam saying the first time we got to look at Mrazek in a preseason because of his style, him texting me going, I know you're going to love Mrazek because of his style. And I went, I will not. I've already seen him a bunch and I'm not a fan. And I roasted that contract day one on my show. And so, yeah, I'm less likely to come off of a take right away based on some flair. If uh, I put it, <laughs> I put it down in basically uh, hard cement that, um, I'm really against the contract anyway. He played um, like he was allergic to bee stings and he was just knocked over a hive. Like he was uh, <laughs> fighting it out there. Uh, I don't have much. I liked, again, shout out to Owen Sound. I liked that a lot of their guys were prominent in this game tonight. It was just like a uh, a fun moment for our boy Sam, who's down there right now. Uh, How do yeah, we not have I, Sam on the broadcast, by the way? No brainer for me to have a chit chat with Sammy. Have Ron talk to Sam about Owen Sound. I this is one of those things where in out like I got to do the, well, actually, you know, what's funny. Um, I didn't get to be involved in hockey day in Canada when it was in Whitehorse. You're aware of this, right? I didn't know that, but didn't you do a voiceover? Yeah, but that was for, uh, Northwest Yellow territories. Oh, no. They came to me and they were like, uh, it's in it's the, kind of the same place. No, no, they went, it's in the Yukon. And I wrote this script and I got like pretty emotional about it. Like I, I really went deep in the, like, what does this place really mean to me? And, and tried to set myself back in it. And, and dude, honestly, and Sam is very much like me in this regard. And it's one of our real connector pieces as friends is we're both from small towns and like, we both grew up playing hockey in these tiny little places. And like, we're very into Canadiana. Like both of us are just, you know, very proud Canadian kids yeah. from small towns and the hockey night in Canada stuff, like really, you know, moves us in a certain way. And so I was like very happy for Sam that he like got to go and spend time with the festivities. Cause I know what it means to him. Cause I know what like white horses hockey day did for me. Like what my next door neighbor, uh, ended up getting profiled in uh, a hockey day in Canada. I still have the like DVD in my apartment, you know, like yeah. it meant something to me. Right. Um, so I wrote this thing knowing that it was going to be a part of hockey night. And I like, I was like really emotional doing it. And then I handed them over the tape and they were like, uh, it's in Northwest Territories. <laughs> I was like, and 
the worst part is they just had me edit like one or two lines and instead make it about the north and like there's so many crossovers between the two places that i did it but yeah it still stings to this day that oh, one of my I'm most sorry. shared things on social media you can probably still find if you just put jd bug it's, it's the north. beautiful it's really good thanks man and, no and i just right. it does you know it has the meaning and still all does ring true but yeah no but it was just so funny that they were like it's just like like if anything that was should have been included in the the like little thing I wrote is we're always confused for the same place. <laughs> that's yeah, most yeah. thing. It's like that's how the rest of the world sees us. Anyway, uh, my only last thing is so this keeps coming up, and I, I just want to bring it up with you quickly. Um, because yeah, we talked about second period first. We talked about uh, Samsonov quickly before we go. Why? What's up with the Giordano icing things? Like he just ices it with reckless abandon, and it's yeah. become like a thing that I can't stop fixating on now. What? Yeah. Do you have a thought on this? Well, I, I don't remember. Did I give you the stats on it that it's a thing? No, it's a very real thing. Oh, I actually looked up the stats on yeah. most icings uh, in the NHL, and he's in the bottom five people. So of the five worst guys, he's iced it like when I checked a couple weeks ago, it was twenty six times or something absurd, like a lot. Um, it, but the, the rest of the list was like Latang, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, mm. like good players. Oh, mm. Dougie Hamilton. Well, you gotta a, be on the ice a lot to do it a lot. And a right? certain type of player too. Like, yeah. I, I think he must look for more stretch passes. He must have a vision maybe that other D men don't. So he tries things, but geo now it does feel more like old guy. I need a minute. Like, yeah, just, I think so too. I just, it's just, it's funny watching him do it because it's like so many times I watch it now. It's never like, oh, whoops. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's not, it's it's not like, like he's I trying to mi- make a stretch pass and he misses the guy, right? Or it doesn't get tipped by the forward. It's like, he's like taking a wrist shot. <laughs> he's just like, it's dumping it down the ice. You know, the Leafs are an elite faceoff team. Yeah. It could be that he's like, ah. 56% chance we get this back. <laughs> I, I, I think that's got to be it. Like, he just, he seems to do it. Like, he did it again tonight in a couple of times where I was just like, wow, he just does it with, like, so little, I, like, thought for even the other play. Like, he does it as though it's, like, it's it's his move, like a dice move. Anyway. He's the one guy that if they could still uh, flip the puck over the glass, he's the one guy who'd be doing it. Yeah. Um. I also have a stat for you. And I'm going to elaborate on this more on my show on Monday, on my podcast on Monday. Um, once I've had a little bit more time with it, I got this from our boy, Blake. Okay. Um, asking about like power play stuff. 294 players have played 200 plus power play minutes since 2020. Riley ranks 271st in power play goals per 60. If you think that's unfair, zero, like because we're, you know, including forwards in this and he's a defenseman. He's 50th out of 66, 53rd in shots and 63rd in points percentage out of 66 guys, 63rd in points percentage. So it's like since 2020, he's been actually like, there's just this big thing about Riley on the power play. And Sam's been arguing about it a lot with me about like how you have to have a defenseman out there. And Versteeg came on my show the other day and talked about how they should give um, a look at Lilligren. And I agree. He had a bomb again tonight where he just looks good and poised and like, for a team that is as analytically um, aware as the Toronto Maple Leafs, I, I'd like that slid across their desk, please. Um, and an explanation back from the front office and coaching staff and Carberry and co as to why like a sample size that now extends back like three years. Um, that's as jarring as that is yeah. like the eye test and the numbers are very connected here. 
Yeah. And Morgan Riley still does not have a goal. And I and I just I'm at the I'm at a breaking point with this where I'm like, I don't I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like it this is this now just well, seems like pure well, this guy you're is you're right, like with Lilligren, give him a chance. Is it yeah. Sandine? Like after that, it's like it isn't Brody, it's not Hall, you know, like it's a... It, it's so not a ton of options, but yeah, I see it with Riley. You know, I've been on your page complaining about yeah. that, but I, I don't love, I think if you have five D teams are going to look to eat you alive, shorthanded every opportunity they get way more like you're begging for extra rushes against. So, sure. you know, I want to have a D out there too, but I don't know, may, maybe, you know what Kipper, you know, he's joked about, you know, Eric Carlson, and I'm not serious there, but, you know, like Klingberg or one of these offensive guys, and my gut instinct is that's not what they need. They don't need, they need a physical D-man. How much better are they if they have a true PP1 D-man up there? I just, I, I'd, I'd love to, I want to see Lilligren and Sandine get more shots. And I want, if if Morgan Riley is the leader that we think he is, and, and I do think that he is that, then this should not be a major issue. Like, you've already got your paycheck, so yeah. what's the problem? Go run power play, too, and prove that this is some kind of a mistake. But Love as that of, idea. Love him on But as of right now, like, it's just the facts are the facts, and it's another night where it's like, what did he do, you know? And it's like another night where... I also want to say before we go that in overtime, he just does not bother being a defenseman. He doesn't care if he's the last man back on the back check, where he is positionally in the rink. You know, I'm looking at Nylander playing defense on rushes against and Riley's waiting for the play to go the other way. I, I am not by any means a Riley hater. I think he's a, a fine player, but I just, I don't trust some of his offensive instincts. I'm trying not to just have confirmation bias with him because I do recognize that like, right. I, I know that I'm noticing when he like turns the puck over and writing that down in my notes and I'm not writing down in my notes when he like makes a, a great play. breakout pass that lands on someone's stick. I make one when he makes a spectacular play and I go, okay, like the other night where he takes the bump and he puts it on Dryden Hunt stick for a goal. But like, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't think he was very good tonight. And I thought that there were a couple of moments in that second period, especially when Montreal really started to pour it on that he just looked completely lost. And then you mentioned it in overtime. It was just... Uh, complete abdication of any type of responsibility. And I went, huh, you know, um, yeah, there's just some stuff here where I'm going, this is just, is not, this is just not it right now. Um, it, it truly might be something where a year from now it like, I think he'll get away with it this year, but next year, like, I think it's going to be really, really hot in terms of how they justify like the contract. Can't just give a guy a PP one on one of a cup contending team. If he's not having success. No. Well, that's the thing is like, when does it change? Like, when does it, when does it change in an all in year? Like, when do you take a look? Because this, this does feel like now, you know, however many games are left, like 30 practices. Okay. So if you're going to have 30 practices that are, you know, in game scrimmages and you've already done the five forward thing and you know, and you don't think that you're going to trust that because of the reasons that you'll I also talked to Versteeg about that. Because he did run the power, he ran the point on a five man yeah. power play. And he told me, like, you know what? It takes so many reps to be able to learn how to walk the line that you just can't do it. I played it in college and I, I never figured it out. It's hard. Yeah, it, exactly. And he's like, you need a defenseman to do it, like, unless you're going to run that for an entire year with the guys. And they're not going to do that with Mitch. So, yeah, try the other kids. Shout out uh, one thing before we go. We're in the Islanders hat. A year ago today, we lost Clark Gillies. So, a little tribute to Clarkie today. Uh, good man. Loved him a lot. So we're, we're in the aisles for him tonight. Not on a leaf show. Sorry about that. Uh, fans. No, that's not, <laughs> uh, you shouldn't be sorry about that at all. I, I watched the tribute videos that your wife Bree put out yeah. and it's like, 
man, what a life that guy. Full had. life, dude. Full. Like just watching all the charitable endeavors that he was involved in and like the family and just like it. I mean, this is a compliment for a guy that had such an incredible career that he had for it to seem like such a small part of who he was as a man is astounding. It's a three minute video. I think there's like three clips of him in a hockey Jersey. Yeah. You know, to define his life. It's pretty crazy. And that, that is, you know, 68 years, but he got his money's worth, you know? No, dude, I, like I said, I just, I, I could not get over, I watched it over twice and I was like yeah. emotional and I was just looking at it and then I, I just, yeah, I, I had to refrain from like texting you guys, but I was just like, okay, this is just something like this guy yeah. was really a something anyway. It's a high bar, but it's a good, good, good to have aspirational, the sort of target there for me. That's dude, the aim, you know? So great that, you know, you had him in your life as just, yeah, someone that you could, yeah, role model after. And also for your wife that like. I think that really does say something about you, not to get too deep into this as Leafs talk, but I think that that does say something about you that she married you when she had that as her father figure. Like That's awfully nice of you to say. Well, it's true. Anyways, you know I love you, buddy. Anyway. Love you. Uh, I look forward I love... to it. I'm going to do a full hour with JD in a couple of weeks, and yeah. we'll talk more serious stuff. Um, for now, subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to Real Kipper and Born as well and to the JD Bunkus podcast. You can leave five stars on every one of these properties. You can share them when the video comes out uh, and the podcast gets shared. We always appreciate that. And uh, yeah, for our YouTube watchers, leave that little thumbs up. Uh, takes two seconds. Let's do it. Yeah, just click it. Just click it. Anyway, share it. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you on Monday night after that Islanders game. We'll see you then. <laughs>